Oh, that gets me pumped. I love this song. Well, uh, ladies and gents, of course, as you've probably realized by the random musical drop to open everything up, that this is Helmet to Helmet, and I am your host, Connor Jones. Now, uh, it's been a week, ladies and gentlemen. It has been a week. And, uh, well, if you'd like to read more about what a week in the life of a podcast slash fantasy football fan, uh is like you can always go and follow myself at ramble underscore jones or you can follow the podcast at helmet number two helmet we currently have a grand total of no followers now you know that's fair there's not really a lot of content going on out there but uh i'm gonna i'm gonna end the music real quick here i will bring the volume back up after it stopped there we go I am surprised I have not actually been taken down for my random music that I choose. Um, Of course, I'm still waiting to get a few custom-made intros and outros for the pod, but that's coming later. That's coming later. The, uh, The important thing is that I'm here now for all of you. And, uh, well, we'll just get into it. We're going to start off with a quick question of the day, submitted, of course, over Twitter to one of my accounts. Uh, In this case, it was not. It was submitted by Austin in our group chat, because that's all who listens to this. Them and and my mom. Hi, mom. Uh, Austin asks, who is the second best defense to own this year in fantasy? Now, of course, second best, because you'd have to literally uh what do you live under a rock to not realize that the new england patriots are the number one defense to own but you know i'm gonna i'm gonna speak from the heart not from the numbers here i'm biased i think the 49ers defense has been bad ass but I don't know that they've necessarily been there for fantasy. I don't think they quite get the point totals that you will see from the Patriots or that you'll see even from some other great streaming options. But I'm going to say right now that you would not be hurting if you played the 49ers defense. They at least give you a baseline of, you know, not getting destroyed every week. So I say Niners. I say, uh, uh, personally, I, I think the Saints have been doing quite well. Again, I don't know if they're productive for fantasy. That's that's a delineation here, but that's just how it feels being a football fan and seeing what's going on. And, and really, if the team's not getting blown out, then they are technically a good fantasy option because the alternative is drafting somebody who gets blown out, uh, you know, like the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, that's all I really got. Those two teams, to me, look like the teams that can make a difference for you if you're hurting at defense. Obviously, they're both likely owned because of that reason. Um, If the question was different, if the question was what's a defense that you can pick up and it will help you for the rest of this fantasy season, as in pick up off the waiver wire, that just comes down to matchups. There's a lot of injuries affecting a lot of teams, and... I, I haven't done I haven't done a lot of digging. I could do some brief digging and using my league as a litmus test because we do not um, we don't really hoard defenses in quite the same way that your own hoards his quarterbacks. So we still have quite a few defenses sitting on waivers. Uh, 
you know, a great defense nobody talks about is Titans. They're uh, they're six on the year right now, and looking at it, they they have Kansas City coming up week ten. They play Carolina next week, which you know they could get a little. Uh, I won't say flattened, but they they could be less impressive than you'd want against Carolina. Obviously, they'll be less uh, impressive against Kansas City, especially if Mahomes is back. But if you go back through the rest of it, you get a good Jacksonville, Indiana, Oakland, one, two, three. Now, none of those teams are are faltering, but if you really want to stop and, and evaluate what those teams have been doing, they're just generally outplaying the teams they play they're not going out and dropping 50 points on the other teams uh, and one could say that Oakland's not outplaying the other team at all so at least for fantasy that gets you three out of the next out of the the five weeks that surround uh fantasy playoffs because we don't play a week 17 but then they do go into Houston uh which has not been again dominant DeAndre Hopkins has not been playing like a player that um, is going to kill uh, defensive schemes. He's he's not. I don't know if that's how he's been getting lined up against. How he's been doubled, or or perhaps he's just getting smothered. But Houston is also just kind of playing to their opponents. So there's a there's a great chance that everything except fantasy finals against New Orleans, they are a great defense to own. Uh, I'm sure there's quite a few people streaming them at the very least this week. And believe it or not. Hold on here. The Eagles defense is not owned in our league. They're they're ranked 12th. That's uh that's not horrible, but they they get after week 12, so getting into fantasy uh fantasy championships here, they have a string of Miami, New York Giants and Washington. Now, fantasy finals will be Dallas, but you know, they they look like a great end-of-year streaming option as well. But, you know, that's if you have to get deep. Most people by now have their choices, and if we're being honest, it's one of those few positions where you can really truly just go by projection for the week unless you want to get crazy deep and look at changes to a situation. Like, I, I don't go based off of projection. I go based off of performance against similar offenses, but, you know, I spend a lot more time obviously i'm recording a podcast so that's that's just some thoughts from me and i know i uh i know i'm not an expert and i know jace will tell you don't ever listen to me but i thought i could give you a few options out there if you're if you're needy but we're gonna move on because a lot of the news this week may have you and your team needy so what do you live under a rock well in case you do we got Cam, who's probably out again, which, with how well Kyle Allen has played against everybody not named the 49ers, why not? You know, they were hot coming into the 49er game. They got smothered. I can't talk about that game enough. I think the 49ers are finally legit. Uh, we'll really get our test when they get to play the Seahawks, but we'll wait and see there. Then we have, uh, speaking of the 49ers, Matt Burita. Uh, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. All, <laughs> I almost said all of, but three out of four running backs for San Francisco are banged up going into this short week for Thursday night football. So expect Tevin Coleman to have a much larger than normal share of the backfield. 
Uh, I think you kind of picked up on that a little bit this last week. He had four touchdowns. I think that was not necessarily based upon injuries, but you never know. Uh, I feel like most of those, uh, there was there was a, a touchdown at the end of the game where it wasn't Tevin Coleman. I want to say it was Jeff Wilson or Raheem Mostert. And they still looked good. So I'm assuming that these injuries piled up at the end of the game. Um, so Tevin Coleman's really going to have a lot of that backfield to himself. After Monday night football, James Conner has an AC joint injury in his shoulder. Uh, apparently it's not as bad as everyone's fearing. I expect quite a few people to have already gone uh, and got Jalen Samuels uh, off of waivers as the backup there. Not a bad choice, but don't be surprised if Connor is not only playing this week, but still has fantasy relevance, and then Samuels is more or less just giving him a breather more often than usual. Uh, you got Brandon Cooks in the concussion protocol. That's, I want to say, the second in three weeks. Watch out. This has just happened to Sterling Shepard. He was out for several weeks. Cooks is an absolute stay away. Don't uh, even let's say he gets somehow approved. He's probably not playing this week, but next week, well, he's definitely not playing this week because it's their bye week, but still, uh, next week he comes back. I would still say, I mean, you don't want to dick around with that. Look at uh, Jordan Reed as an example. So I expect very careful usage of Cooks by McVeigh. Uh, you don't want to lose a, a piece like that at a position, uh, a skill position there. So he is going to likely work him in slowly. If you need somebody, uh, you might be smart to pick up Josh Reynolds on the bye week if you have the bench space to spare. He will absolutely take up a whole lot of shares of what would otherwise be Cooks's work in the uh, the Rams offense. We got Kenyon Drake, who was traded to the Arizona Cardinals and is quoted. Uh, I want to say this was um, this was Kingsbury who said this. We'll see a lot of the offense, a lot of shares of the offense on Thursday night football against the 49ers. Now, is that going to be worth much? Well, no, it's the 49ers. But if you funnel everything through moving the ball on the ground and you have a mobile quarterback that's always a threat like Kyler Murray expect there to be at least some advantage to a skilled running back who can catch the ball like Kenyon Drake if uh if your gracious podcast host and awesome former champion Connor Jones is not somebody who's in your league and already owns him because he saw the potential for a trade and picked him up last week then go and get him but for the nine retards who listen to my podcast who are in my league, haha, suck it. Uh, anyway, related to that, of course, is that David Johnson and Chase Edmonds are more than likely out. And I say more than likely for David Johnson. Chase Edmonds is definitely out. Sorry, Chase. Uh, David Johnson is quoted as day-to-day. -day. I believe that's also Kingsbury. But... Um, I'm just going to say this, and this is something that was said amongst other podcasters that I like to listen to. The fact that you trade for somebody with the skill set of Kenyon Drake instead of a backup or pulling somebody from... I mean, they just signed Zenner and Alfred Morris. Why go through this effort? 
I think David Johnson is out for much longer than they say. Uh, there, there must be some concern that this is going to be a nagging issue or else they would really not look for a more permanent solution. At the very least, if David Johnson comes back in a week, this robs Chase Edmonds of all fantasy value, and this may become more of a committee until Johnson is 100% healthy. I don't know. My name is not Cliff Kingsbury, but at the end of the day, be careful. Uh, you may see a shifting of priorities since their season is with the 49ers, Seahawks, and Rams all ahead of them. Their season is likely a wash this year, so you might see them shut down David Johnson uh, a la Todd Gurley. So pay attention. You never know what happens. Speaking of not knowing what happens, Andy Dalton has been benched at quarterback for the winless Cincinnati Bengals. Now, of course, that's not really news. Uh, a lot of outlets made sure to note that it is his birthday on the day that this was determined. That's, that's today, October 29th because uh, I record on a Tuesday night and y'all receive this on a Wednesday morning. But, um, yep, he's out. Speaking of absolutely mediocre and paltry quarterback play, Joe Flacco has a herniated disc in his neck, I believe. He'll be out this coming week. Then you have uh, Miles Sanders in, in uh, Philadelphia. Supposedly will not miss time, despite his injury at the end of the game. Uh, I'd watch that closely. It brings up a lot of Jordan Howard value if he does, in fact, miss time. You got D.D. Westbrook, who is out. Uh, I don't know the extent. I want to say it sounds like he might be a more long-term issue. Um, then you have... Well, actually, I'd take that back. I don't think D.D. Westbrook's out for this coming week. He was out this week. He likely is out, and if he is out, then you're going to want to pick up somebody like a Chris Conley in Jacksonville uh, if you need a Jacksonville wide receiver with pretty good upside the Texans defense loses JJ Watt that makes them a lot less formidable to play against because quite suddenly you find your quarterback able to stand in the pocket for longer so upside to wide receivers and quarterbacks against the Texans maybe Camara uh, was out this last week they just went on by and uh Looks like he'll be back and healthy as soon as they get out of their bye week next, like a week from now. And uh, Devontae Adams looks like he still is not on track to be back this week. It looks like in the next two weeks he's making his return, starting to ramp up some football activity, you know. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's just not, not good looking. Not good looking there for Devontae Adams to miss that much of his season, but the Packers are still in it, so why rush him back? But we've talked about all the players who mattered and will matter in this coming week, but how about the players who really didn't matter last week? That would be all the players who suck. You suck! Well, not a lot this week, but the ones who sucked really sucked, like TJ Hawkinson with 2.6 points, Kenny Stills with 3.7, Zach Ertz only gave you 3, Marquez Valdez-Scantling gave you 0.9. I'm going to I'm going to say it right now. I missed a little bit on my Killers Corner Killers last week and uh I thought he was going to go downfield. I thought that we were going to see Rodgers take some chances with his wide receivers. They all fucking sucked. 
even Jimmy Graham was irrelevant. Instead, you saw Aaron Jones and you saw some Jamal Williams. And that's that's how the cookie crumbles when you start utilizing your running back more in your game planning, which is uh, my bad. I hope nobody played a Packers wide receiver with the absolute necessity for a big game in order to be a not shitty week for you. But hey, you know what? The value was there. I just misallocated it to wide receiver instead of running back. So you never really know with how that breaks sometimes. Of course, I did mention Jimmy Graham. He only got you 3.5 points. Marvin Jones, 4.2 points over in Detroit. Uh, you saw Amendola get quite a bit of action this week. Ty Johnson in Detroit, 4.3. Not the carry-on replacement you wanted. Corey Davis got you 1.9. Lev Bell, 5. Frank Gore, if you played him, 3.4. Singletary's back. You know, you got to be careful what you wish for when you play a player like Frank Gore to spell somebody young and dynamic like Devin Singletary. Greg Olson, I doubt many of you played him because he is an old, wrinkled piece of crap and is literally not looked at twice by Kyle Allen. But just in case you did, he got you 2.3 points. So, you know, go sit in a corner and think about what you did playing Greg Olson. Then Larry Fitz has kind of disappeared on the Arizona offense, uh, especially this last week, got you 1.8 points. And in my half-point league, that's... Well, that's two catches for eight yards or one catch for 13 yards like that's blah you know uh <clears throat> damn i need a cough button that's that's how everything sort of broke down this week not a long list people just you know did a pretty darn good at staying mediocre uh at least mediocre enough to not qualify for my shit list here but we can take a look now at some of our matchups this week. No way. I am not giving up. You have to. No, I don't. And I'm going to go in reverse normally, of course, because ESPN, our league host of choice, puts us in order of your own matchup to, you know, whatever different order moving backwards from there. I'm going to go from reverse forward this week. Uh... So to start off, we had um, we had Michael and his once in a lifetime team go up against Paris with Speak Easy. Now, it's no no secret that Michael's team has been absolute trash lately. Um, it's just how things break when you have players like OBJ and Lev Bell. You literally could not have paid me to say that those two players were not good for fantasy two years ago, but here we are. Uh, the real kicker is that Paris had Mike Evans with a 37-point performance and half-point scoring. And then he had Julian Edelman and Saquon Barkley for each 23 and 24 points. And on the flip side, you just... You had Aaron Rodgers, who performed well for, for Michael, but Lev Bell, OBJ just generally not not enough to compensate it's hard to overcome an opponent dropping 30 something points on you uh although to be fair if michael had went full madman and played miles sanders instead of lev bell 
Uh, he would have made that a lot more interesting, a lot more interesting. I, I note here that he still would not have had anyone else on the bench that could be playable uh, that would have made up that gap, sadly. So you just sometimes you run into a buzzsaw. And ultimately, Paris came in with the win pretty easily there. The next game with uh, with the soon-to-be-forgotten season of Jace uh, and his Super Bowl slump team, aptly named, versus Hot Chub Time Machine, owned by John. Uh, Jace almost made this one quite interesting, but of course he ended up losing this week. I say, of course, that's not fair. It, it was much closer than anyone probably thought. He, uh, he had some strong performances by Gardner Minshew, James, uh, James Connor, Michael Thomas, even his Detroit defense was a good play, but ultimately Latavius Murray and Deshaun Watson combined for nearly 60 points and the rest of John's team just showed up enough. Uh, John ended up winning 110.3 to Jace's 103.2, and uh, a lot of that comes down to just Chase Edmonds getting injured after two points for Jace. So sometimes you get you get screwed. You get screwed. I'll be talking about Jace in a little bit here, uh, and then talking to Jace as well. It's a very Jace-heavy week, so I guess it's it's appropriate to have this play at least once. Moving on, now we have uh, the matchup between Nathan and Yaron. Uh, Yaron came away with this one uh, on the back of Aaron Jones's nearly 40-point game and then a pretty stout game for Matt Stafford. Otherwise, the rest of his team was projection or lower. Jimmy Graham, you know, sucked for him. But Nathan had a little bit of a hole at his wide receiver 2, getting uh, MVS for only .9, and it just... It just you know, broke bad. Um, he ended up losing 102.4 to 126.6. So not a completely out of hand matchup, but shit happens. Uh, MVS just was irrelevant the entire game and that cost him, uh, but it wouldn't have been enough anyway, unless MVS had a blow up. So that's usually how that works. Uh, a surprising result this week as almost everyone would say, is that Christian and his retard crew defeated Austin and his Shake It Goff team. Uh, this this was a, uh, like I said, this was a surprise for almost everyone. You had, you know, Christian's team is headed by Jameis Winston and Devontae Freeman and Stefan Dix. So, like, figure that one out. Uh, but then really what, what did it was Zach Ertz, T.Y. Hilton, and the Carolina defense just not really doing much of anything. Uh, anybody who watched that 49ers game would have expected the Carolina defense to be much worse of a fantasy play after 51 points were dropped on them, but they had an interception and a safety, which was enough to get them, well, and three sacks, and it got them enough points to have a point, but, uh, yeah, one point for a defense, yeah, it's not pretty, it's not pretty, so, Christian ended up winning handily 116.4 to 91.3, and now has tied Jace to be worst in the league at 2 and 5, that's, uh, an 
a very interesting result. Another interesting result, at least for me, because it's my game, I was able to dispatch of Daniel's team 151.2 to 125.9. If there was ever a thing for Jace to put an asterisk on my season as I march back towards the playoffs, because he always has to have one. That's the way things work. There's always an asterisk. It's uh, that Daniel kind of blanked and didn't replace Alvin Kamara until games started, which is to say he didn't replace Alvin Kamara. Of course, Kamara was out, and it's... Well, it wouldn't have been the game-breaker. Uh, although, if you go back and... What did I say? Latavius Murray got 32 points with two total touchdowns. Assuming that, that those points went to Kamara, I would have lost. I really would have. But if he had just swapped out Kamara for his flex running back at, at Philip Lindsay and then had DJ or DK Metcalf. DK? DJ? DK? DK! Haha! Fuck you. Anyway, DK Metcalf uh, put in to flex. He would have gained 14.8 points and still lost by 12 points. So I feel pretty good about this one. My team really was balling out on the back of Cooper Cup and Tevin Coleman, which is weird because I own Christian McCaffrey. So to not even bring him up as the reasons I won is kind of interesting. Uh, I mean, obviously, he also had 25 points. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like Christian McCaffrey isn't the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I, I'm i feeling pretty good. My team is not doing so bad anymore, except for the tight end position, because fuck you, TJ Hawkinson. You, you're vaporware, man. Fuck. Anybody want to trade a tight end? Literally, we'll give podcast shout-out for tight end. That's how desperate I am. Anyway, I think we can move on. We have, of course, just covered all the matches of our week because it's just too difficult to pick a single match of the week anymore. Uh, and now we get to move into, I guess, the opposite of a match of the week, which is I have regerts. Which uh, I teased it a little bit. I said we were going to talk about him. Jace. Uh... If I was not a lazy man right now, I would play a small clip of me saying something from last week, which was, if only Chase had played Chase Edmonds, he would have won that week, because Chase Edmonds had 30-something points. And now I get the cruel irony of being able to say, if only Jace had not played Chase Edmonds, he would have won this week. And God, you know, sometimes the fantasy gods get to hand you a gift like this where you just get to turn it around and jace just can't do anything right right now and it's both amusing and depressing maybe it's just like amusingly depressing because it's not happening to me or my team or perhaps you listener and your team so it it's oof it's kind of like seeing someone get splashed with a puddle after your shoes are already wet and you're just maybe this is a seattle thing because it rains all the fucking time but like you're like damn my shoes are soaked this sucks i hate this and then somebody just like gets one of those car drive-bys you're like ah, fuck you at least i'm not you that's that's me right now 
That's me right now with Jace. And I, I'm not meaning to rag on you, Jace. Of course, we had a wonderful interview that I'll be playing momentarily. But, uh, oh, things just happen that way. You'll hear, too, uh, in the interview, there were moments where James Conner had, like, big plays. And we're like, oh, shit, Jace might make this interesting. And he was like, don't do not do that to me. Don't, don't get my hopes up. Or if he doesn't say it, you can definitely hear it in his voice. But uh, time to move on. And, uh, of course, our, our newer segment for 2019, Killer's Killer Corner. Uh, in this case, actually, Killer's Corner Killers. Because he may be small, he may be floofy, but when he is not shitting in a corner, he is telling me the corner matchups to watch. So, uh, what is he saying this week? Well, He's saying, look for Chris Conley and DJ Chark to have a big game against a Texan secondary that's not been a shutdown uh, squad this year. There will be more time for Gardner Minshew to look downfield, uh, at the very least to extend the play, because there's no J.J. Watt. There's no Jadeveon Clowney. This is a Houston, a Houston team that I think thought of itself as much more stout in the defense than it really is and so like Icarus flying close to the sun they started trading away pieces because they thought they were going to get too hot which is not a thing that happens for defense so um they done fucked up I think they have regerts and uh you know I I really think that this is uh, a good matchup. You know, I I don't think that Jacksonville is necessarily going to blow the, the doors off of the place, but I see if, if I say Chris Conley, that's of course if D.D. Westbrook is out, but I see the wide receivers having some value because more than anything, uh, Leonard Fournette is a piece of shit with brick hands and he might be able to run it up the middle here and there, but he's he's just not good you know he's like he's like zeke zeke's first year uh ironically being that you know leonard fournette's not a rookie it, he just uh, he's just not the receiving running back that you'd expect so my point is is he's gonna have to look for other other pieces in that offense so I'm predicting that that's what, or rather, not I, but Killer. So he's shitting on the Texans' corners this week, and uh, hopefully he'll stop shitting in the corners of our house soon enough thereafter. Uh, so now, now, I finally have an interview. I've been talking about it. It's Jace, and uh, thank you again for, for Jace talking to me for this interview for our Phoning It In segment. Phoning It In. All right, so we're here on the line with Jace McDill out of, uh, I guess it's near Nashville now, isn't it? It is Nashville indeed, yes. Very nice. How have you been, Jace? I've been doing great, much better than my fantasy team. <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's a fair point. Uh, I believe if, if you do go on to, as it's projected, lose this week, that puts you, what's your record now? Um... Crap. I don't know. Am I do I have two wins? 
one win? I don't know. One or two wins. So. Oh, you do. You have two wins. You're two, you two and five currently. You'll probably go two and six based on yeah. matchup. It's, uh, well, it, it's two and six for you this year. You're three games back in, in your half of the league. And uh, a pretty, pretty bad looking points scored versus points against <laughs> ratio. How are you feeling about your year? <laughs> Well, you know, I have to bring up that my running back core has been uh, terrible. I have James Conner, who had a slow start. He's starting to bring it back, but, you know, Big Ben not being there definitely doesn't help his situation, not being able to, you know, open up the run game with a pass game and all that. And then my RB2 was Damian Williams. And just, you know, coincidentally, based on the time that we drafted, about an hour after we were done, the news came out that the Chiefs picked up LaShawn McCoy, which basically tanked Damian Williams' draft value. And I remember saying in the draft, like, I got Damian Williams and Josh Jacobs. Like, which one do I want? And I was like, ah, I want a piece of the Chiefs offense. So I went with Damian Williams and that, you know, that hurt me. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, Yeah. And I, I've, I was on the flip side of that coin. Uh, I bought in on LaShawn McCoy very early as soon as I heard that news. And uh, it's not really been that great for me either, but it's we've it's like we're robbing each other of value at this point. Right. Oh, and not to mention I had Cam Newton at quarterback, and I've been having a time. I've made some good pickups and plays, but, you know, just having a stream quarterbacks, like, uh, it's just, you know, you, you risk having a bust week, you know. Oh, of course. Of course. It's hard to it's hard to read everything. I mean, you you did great this week. You picked up, of course, Gardner Minshew. Uh, mm-hmm. He did well for you there. Um, ironically, Jacoby Brissett, who did well for you last week, has only gotten you nine points on your bench. So like great pickup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, he had that what, like four touchdown, 300 yard game. Uh, was it a week ago? I think it was uh, against Denver, maybe. Something yeah, like uh, yeah. Well, he's had he's had a couple of good games last week. Uh, Denver or this week was Denver. He wasn't so hot. But, oh, it was uh, Houston last week. That's what it was. Yeah, four touchdowns, one fumble, but you know, twenty-seven points for a streaming quarterback options like money. Yeah, it's solid. But yeah, I was also noticing you recently picked up Chase Edmonds, which was a a great pickup and play for the last couple of weeks, except he got hurt this week. Such is my luck. And <laughs> it doesn't sound like and you're not the David Johnson owner, granted, but it does sound like David Johnson will be out for a while still because uh, as as I'm sure I will have covered in the podcast, the Cardinals have traded for Damian Williams. You mean Kevin Excuse me. Yes, Kenyon Drake. I I'm thinking back to uh, when Damian Williams was also still a Dolphin. Right. Um, no, you're absolutely right, Kenyon Drake. Who, um, uh, you know, just a little pat on my back. At, uh, I'll risk breaking my arm doing it. I picked up Kenyon Drake last night on a whim, thinking he might get traded. So. I saw that you got him. I actually went to the waiver wire to see, you know, if I could snag him, and I saw that you grabbed him. So good on you. It it was just I've been I've been doing that because I have no one else I can pick up to make an impact. I'm just trying to pick up people who get ultimately traded and maybe they get value there. And that one hit. I've missed on quite a few in my time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I guess I'm bringing it up now to see if we can have a live on the podcast trade opportunity happen. I don't know if there's if there's any value in having 
who is surely going to be used this Thursday uh, and perhaps the following Sunday for for the Cardinals. But uh, we can revisit that if you want to take a brief look at at rosters and what might make sense. We can revisit it later in this interview. Um, I guess I uh, I want to get into a, a few small questions about how things are going for you. Uh, we talked a little bit before we started this uh, this recording. You were saying that things have been good. Nothing's really changed big in your life. But but refresh us for everybody who hasn't listened in a while. What uh, what you're up to down in Nashville? So I work for a company um, that designs and manufactures animatronics for theme parks so we do stuff for disney and universal um there's a harry potter ride that opened recently that we did the like main attraction of the ride it's like hagrid fighting a it's called a blast ended scroot which was never shown (laughs) in the movies it's from the books though yeah and uh we there's also a um it's a jurassic world live show that's currently touring and they were like featured on today's show and cbs and whatnot and we did the full scale uh t-rex that's like automated and it kind of like drives around but looks like it's walking and roars and does all that kind of stuff so we did that as well those are two of the bigger more well-known things that we have out there right now so that's pretty badass i'll i'll say it right now uh knowing that <laughs> if anybody out there decides to take a, a ride on I, I think it's what it's called like haggard's adventures that that ride it's like magical haggard's magical motorbike adventure or something like that yeah anybody out there riding on there no watch out for that blast ended screw and uh know that jace mcdill had a hand in that <laughs> i mean Okay, I, I do have to ask, since it's obviously a lot of uh, mechanical things underneath what is ultimately a, a highly flexible or movable outer skin or fabrics or what have you, do you guys write messages to one another or write like Jace was here on the physical mechanical parts that no one ever sees? <laughs> um, No, not the physical mechanical parts, but I do have a thing where I just put a smiley face somewhere randomly. Nice. And just see if people find it. Yeah. So okay. I do a lot of like, uh, I do tooling for things. So like tooling, which is, yeah, I create a shape that helps create what is actually going to be implemented for like vacuum forming or molding or casting or whatever. And then also do a lot of 3D printed parts and stuff like that. So I'll, uh, I like to sneak one in every now and then. So <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Hopefully someone along the line noticed that and had a, uh, had a little moment of discovery there. That's that's pretty damn cool. Uh, so everybody out in the world, keep an eye open for either the uh, Jurassic World. I said it's a touring like a show. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in the uh, Universal Studios, is it both? Is it just? I think that's like, just it's only Florida. yeah, it's only in Orlando for okay. right now. I think there might be talks of it being added to like the Beijing or the wherever the one in China eventually, but as of right now, just Orlando. So very nice. Well, that's, that's pretty damn cool. I, I actually didn't even know that. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, I I take it for everybody. I mean, everyone's got a football allegiance. If you play fantasy, it'd be pretty weird if you didn't. So, uh, from your, your group chat messages this week, are you a Titans fan? I am a Titans fan. I've been inducted into the, titans fandom since i've been living in nashville and you know it's it's it can be rough but you know what 
I like them. They got heart, and they got Derrick Henry, who is one of my favorite college football players ever because I'm an Alabama fan, and uh, you know he's fun to watch. So yeah, I was gonna say uh, that being a Titans fan sounds a little bit rough coming from a uh, a suffering. Well, not this year, but a usually suffering 49er fan. I I sympathize, right. but uh, yeah, it, it's always nice when you have players that you've seen, you know, like through college and and grow. And then you get to watch them and root for them on on the team that you like is that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's fun. And uh, I was actually at the game this weekend, which we won, and it was a great time. So that's pretty sweet. I uh, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I was putting together IKEA furniture all weekend, so <laughs> I would nice. say uh, I probably screamed as much, but you know, still less fun. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, we. Uh, We've talked a little bit about things that have happened in the NFL trades, uh, players that have kind of faltered for you here. But uh, what's in a more fantasy related sense? What are some some teams in our league or players that have surprised you in fantasy? Hmm. Let's see. Um, Well, this is a negative surprise, but. Uh, like real life teams, at least the Browns, you know, they were hyped up very big before the season and they have fell flat on their face. But, you know, I thought that after the end of last season, it looked like they kind of got their stuff together. And then Baker and Odell both being kind of flops. That was pretty surprising for me. So that's one. Um, Let's see on the positive end. um, Hmm trying to look at well okay here's one cooper cup has surprised me because i uh had robert woods in a lot of places last year and i was really high on him this year because he was my favorite asset because he you he he, i don't think he got less than 10 points one game last year and was just consistent and you know had massive upside as well but then cooper cup shows up and it just completely steals the show and rains on my robert woods parade so cooper cup is definitely one up there (laughs) <laughs> which who you own and it's killing it for you 31.5 this week and a half uh, point it's not bad it, it he has been one of the few reasons why i'm not also two and five or worse uh although i'm not much better so i can't really hang my hat on anything there no uh you brought up a great point about the browns um you know i think a lot of people were were ready to make them the heir apparent to the Patriots dynasty once they acquired OBJ and gave him a contract. But man, it just feels like Baker Mayfield just doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely part Baker. Um, you know, I think the coaching staff as well, just the, the, the play calling, the, the scheming, it just, you know, they, I think, you know, Baker has to do his job reading defenses at the line, but you also have a defensive coordinator in the booth that should be helping him out, and it just doesn't look like anything's clicking whatsoever. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. It's as easy as it as it can be to blame a single uh, a single person or a single player. It's usually systemic. It's it's hard. It's very hard to pin that on just one like one person, right. uh, you know. Speaking of systemic, I, I'm going to take another step back a little bit here and just kind of run down for the everybody listening who hasn't been hearing every single episode and hearing who's winning or losing. Just going to run through a bit of what's been happening in your own record here. So uh, you opened up the season with a, uh, a loss against 
Nathan's team. That's uh, that was a, a pretty substantial loss, about thirty points, and then uh, you lost again when you played Yaron, who he had a horrible week that week. It was it was seventy eight points that he <laughs> scored in total. But your poor team, I'm looking at it now. You that was. Uh, <laughs> you had OJ Howard and Deshaun Jackson who both goosed you. Yeah. Uh that was that was one of the worst unfair matchups I'd ever seen, especially <laughs> when, when I think I gave you a lot of shit on the podcast too. Cause you Drew Brees, that was the game that he got injured, and he got injured throwing an interception, so he had negative points and you still couldn't couldn't pull it out. Well, I mean, that's another thing. He So his quarterback has negative points, and Alshon Jeffrey goosed him as well. So yeah, it, yeah. he was worse than two gooses. It, oh, yeah. It was it was just, you know, things like that. It's just like pure, it's pure accidental comedy, and I can't get over it. But uh, what's funny about that is didn't Deshaun Jackson the week prior, like, blow up? I, I 31 oh, yeah. points the week prior. <laughs> Yeah. just that 31 points would have given you the win by like 15 points it's just things happen yeah that's it's the best part about football is the unpredictability but in a week like that um and unfortunately the the next week you played uh you played daniel and um your team improved by four points four points <laughs> uh <laughs> but but then Daniel dropped 150 on you. So that, you know, it, uh, just like a, a rough and you have it's not like you have bad players. And that was what I had been saying on the podcast previous weeks as well. It's like you have these players that are not. They normally have a larger share of their offense and they're just they weren't showing up uh, like you had already mentioned. Robert Woods, Michael Thomas was is not having the consistency as a wide receiver one number every week uh you finally it, it's like your team woke up though when you beat christian which was just hilarious because you two had both been undefeated or excuse me winless until that point um so it was a little bit of like you know who can suck less but you both ended up balling out he he tried to make it a tight game you won 146 to 116 and then uh it was Another, it was a loss to me. I had one of my rare good weeks. Uh, that was a forty-point difference, and then you won again against a otherwise very stout team uh, that Paris has been running. So you're you're getting you are getting wins. They they're not coming easy, granted, but you're you're not only beating bad teams. There's teams in here that you are just like handily taken care of that and that was a close matchup you won against paris you didn't make it easy but it's it's rough it's rough of course you know you're it looks like you're gonna lose if if james connor blows up in the next quarter and a half here it could be a different story but right now you're down is that 24 points 14 points 24 24 yeah i mean James Conner's done it before. I'm not going to put any false hopes in anyone's head, but you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting year. You, you have to play. Let me see here. You still next week play Michael, uh, whose team's also been kind of falling apart here. 
And then you have Paris, Daniel, and you finish it off with your own and then Austin, which is just not not looking great. But you're not statistically eliminated yet. How do you feel about your chances to turn this around? Um, not feeling very good about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. I mean, that's that's absolutely fair. Uh you know, even even with a a good trade, shoring up positions that you like, what would you say your biggest need would be right now? I mean, definitely running backs. Yeah. I mean, you know, I played Ty Johnson and Chase Edmonds, two backups. Uh, Chase Edmonds got hurt, and he was abysmal before he got hurt. He had seven attempts for eight yards abysmal. And um, that's a, what is that, a 1.1 yards per carry average? Oh, God. And then, <laughs> and then uh, Ty Johnson, you know, it was like everybody was saying, pick him up, play him. And because he got most of the work when on Johnson, who you owned, got injured last week and is now on the IR. And it just was the worst committee possible. They had four running backs touching the ball. So, um, you know, and I have Devin Singletary on my bench who – put up let's see um 2.6 against miami who was the second worst run defense in the league at at that point and of course i'm like why would i play him this week and then he gets 12.9 which isn't amazing but you know if i would have played him over chase evans or ty johnson then you know depending on what happens the rest of this game i might actually have a shot but you know that's the way the cookie crumbles i guess i mean it it's it's a big game of uh of just like numerical Jenga, you know, you, you pull out players cause you think they're a little bit less stable and try to plug in other ones. I mean, I was targeting Ty Johnson all last week. I, I was so mad. I mean, I wasn't surprised. Of course he was going to get picked up, but I, I thought I had a chance and in a way I, I got the fortunate end of the missing out, but I don't think he's entirely without value. He might, he might bounce back, but otherwise you know, Terry McLaurin had a down week. Uh, obviously, Chase Edmonds with an injury that doesn't happen often, uh, like mid-game. You you hope that it happens late. That obviously happened fairly early. Y- you know, you still have an opportunity, especially uh, especially in your matchup next week with Michael to really bounce back. You could turn this into, I mean, one win at a time, right? You could turn yeah. this into just making your way back into we have a six team playoff bracket because i don't know it seemed more fun that way for me and uh you could you could still claw your way out because christian and michael are still in a rough spot and uh paris's team has actually not been super hot lately either so one thing i do see is next week even though i'm playing michael my best player mike michael thomas is on by so you know yeah that's not great but i will give you that i will give you the heads up that he loses three different of his starting position players and uh you just you, you never know you never know especially if you are able to put something together package something and get an upgrade at running back you know things happen things happen so we uh we hit a little bit on on both how your team's doing, how you uh, how you how you've been doing as a Titans fan, how the whole NFL this year has been kind of topsy turvy. What what 
or who rather is a player that you think like if you not to give away the farm before you get to go and make this attempted trade, but who is a player that you would try to go and acquire that you think could really help your team who's undervalued right now? Like a not necessarily league winner, but somebody who could absolutely make an impact. So <clears throat> I'm looking at him right now. Uh, wait, let me do it this way. This will be more efficient. Oh, not him. There we go. So I like, um, well, his playoff schedule isn't the best, but Marlon Mack, uh, I think he's a little undervalued. I mean, just looking at his touch attempts, I think that, you know, 25, 20, 16, 11, so two down weeks, but then 29, uh, 18, 19, you know, <clears throat> he's just been touching the ball a lot. And I think he's a, you know, he's a solid running back that, you know, their their offense focuses on the running back there, you know, Jacoby Brissett's good, but they don't have a lot of really like explosive playmakers. T.Y. Hilton's good. You know, Ebron, I think is a little overrated, <clears throat> but um, the way their offense runs, I just think that they like to control the flow of the game, possess the ball. And they do that with the running back and Marlon Mack. And, you know, I think he's a, he's a good player. And I think, you know, as far as like feasible players that I could potentially acquire, that's a good example. You know, I, I tend to agree uh, right now. The the only thing that looks like it could be in your way is he's on a good team, but it's a good team that is lacking in talent a little bit at wide receiver uh, and tight end. And, you know, well, he he <laughs> I say that and then I look, it's because he has Amari Cooper on, on the bench uh, on his bye week. But even with that, said he's also still rostering this is your own by the way for the listeners at home he still has three quarterbacks rostered so <laughs> um <laughs> you know and i it's never not going to be funny to me to make fun of him for that i i finally got to meet him in person and he was like he was like adamant that he had done the right choice by having all three of these guys <laughs> and it was just i i was losing myself laughing in the bar because he had great points, but just like at the end of the day, you can't waste that much bench space on a position that's going to average, you know, 15 to 20 points, no matter two. Now there is variation, but to an extent, 70% of the people that play quarterback are going to at least get to 12 points. So, I mean, at the very least, I don't want the stress of making a decision between three quarterbacks every week. You know? Right. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. And it, he, I think his justification for holding on to Breeze is that Breeze has come back so soon. But you know what? He's probably going to look at dropping Stafford or Matt Ryan soon, hopefully, if he's smart. But maybe it's a good thing for the rest of the league. He can bogart all the qu the quarterback talent, and the rest of us can pick up all the pieces that might pop off. I actually right. uh, I wrote down a name here that I thought you were going to say off of waivers. Um, but I guess I'll reframe the question. Is there a waiver you're not to telegraph what you might do this week, but if there was a, a waiver target that you think would make an impact for the rest of the year, I've written a name down. I I wonder who you will pick. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I'm not like extremely excited about it, but I think the only reasonable name would be like Mark Walton just because he's probably going to be the starter now. 
even though he has 1.5 points right now. I was I was going to say he's not sexy because it looks like for some reason he's not getting it done tonight in his first game as as the uh, starting running back, which is weird because the trade hasn't happened yet on a technical level. I'll address it in the podcast, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, 1.5. I think perhaps I'm, I haven't really been following the game, but I saw Fitzpatrick had two uh, two passing touchdowns already. So, you know, there's. Yeah, in fact, oh, that's that's really wonderful. I'm watching, uh, <laughs> this is why the interview is interesting, because it always happens live during actual gameplay. Um, Juju Smith just received a touchdown from Mason Rudolph, which is wow. fantastic if you own Mason Rudolph and Juju Smith-Schuster, just like my opponent Daniel this week. <laughs> oh, I mean, wow. I... I have twenty something points on him still. I'm not. I'm not freaking out yet, but I really hope that's not a connection I see three more times. Whew. Oh man. Anyway, yeah. Mark Walton is absolutely somebody that I've heard listed as as a major target. He was already a target for some people with Kenyon Drake still there, but now with him shipped out of town, I I would say, why the hell not? Um, you know, if you have bench space, he's a great pickup. Um, you know, this is. We're in our 26th minute here in this interview, and I, I know you're being East Coast. Well, I guess, is Nashville? It's Central Time, but it's 9.23 currently. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, fair. It's getting late out there. So I guess we can go ahead and, and wrap this up with over, under, push. Uh, to reiterate for everyone at home, over means it's something that uh, you would like to see more of. You think it's going to be better or it is better to be this just like in a game over means they're going to exceed the expectations under is going to be under the expectations it's worse it's not as good as everyone says and push means you think it is adequate that it is however people tend to think of it it is that is accurate so i have a few questions for you on this i guess i'll just start it off uh you know you're in nashville over under push living in the south um definitely gonna have to go over with that i've lived in the south my entire life went to college in savannah um you know as did a lot of us in our league and you know i just i like the southern charm i like the the you know i i'm not really big on the hustle and bustle of major cities like nashville is rapidly growing but it's not like a huge town you know you can still get around and drive where you want to go. You don't have to rely on public transit and all that type of stuff. So, um, you know, I like, I, I like outdoorsy stuff. I like being able to, to fish and, you know, I guess you could play golf in a lot of places, but, uh, you know, hiking, just being outside. And I feel like, you know, bar like Colorado, like mountain level stuff, which then you got to deal with snow. The South pretty much has all the things covered that I like. So, I like it. I like it. I tend to agree. I, I had a good time when we were all down in Savannah at school. So I, I agree with that assessment. How about uh, how about the Tennessee Titans over under push? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm going to go with push because I feel like, you know, being a Titans fan is exactly how people perceive being a Titans fan is like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's very up and down, which they finally... Uh, uh, benched Mariota, which has been a 
large point of contention within the Titan fan community. So, you know, things are looking up. Um, our defense is good. Uh, we just beat the Bucks, who have an explosive offense, and their defense has actually been doing really well. So, you know, we'll see what happens from here. We get we are surprising. You know, we beat the crap out of the Patriots last year and then won the Super Bowl. So, you know, that's it's fair. It's uh, I I think the Titans are one of those teams that plays to the the level of their opponent. The problem is, is they play a lot of bad teams. <laughs> that's true. You know, uh, you know, you you actually touched on it when I was uh, when you were responding to the Titans, but Marcus Mariota over oh. under push under all the way like under so like beneath the ground under <laughs> maybe not kill him but you know just like get him just away trade him do something get a pick for him if you can just get him off the team that's how i feel about marcus mariota would you as a titans fan agree to a would you as a fan agree to hearing them say that they're trading marcus mariota for baker mayfield right now um yeah i would actually i would be down for that i don't think I don't think the level of production that we're seeing from Baker Mayfield right now is as good as it can be. I think he's still young. You know, Mariota's been in the league, what, five years now? And this is Baker's second year. He's got room to grow. We've seen what Mariota can do. So I would definitely take that. Okay. Okay. That's fair. I uh, I don't know that Baker is, is going to be much better than he is, but you never know. We've seen that a lot with bad quarterbacks going to a better OC, etc. So you might be right. Uh I'm going to mix things up a little bit over under push Australia. Mm, you know, it depends on what context, um, <laughs> you know, so I think Australia as a whole will go over. Australia is awesome. You know, they got it, you know, beautiful scenery and they got like beaches and cool cities and, you know, but, Let's go under on the Australian slang and Australian sports because what the crap is Australian football? Like, you know, I, Austin, I truly cannot believe that you actually like that. I just, I, I, I think that you were saying that you like it just to fit in because I, it makes com- no sense to me. And I don't know how you could watch that. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hilarious to me because I know he's listening to this it's wednesday morning in in your mind's eye right he's listening to it he's taking whatever the train to work i think he does and it's it's gonna be literally oi aussie rules is great mate and it's like (laughs) you're from canada you've lived in boston you lived in australia pick one right (laughs) you can't say mate after everything you've been you were there for like three years four years whoo I mean, granted, we get it. You, you studied abroad, you know, I mean, that would, (laughs) that would, (laughs) uh, that'd be like, if just because I, I studied in France, I suddenly started saying, but of course to everything. (laughs) Oh man. Sorry. That was probably loud. Um, all right. All right. Over under push liking college football. Uh, over college football (laughs) is amazing. Um, I would, it's, you know, I might have to edge college football over NFL. I know that's kind of blasphemous to say on this podcast, but, you know, being born and raised in Alabama, all we have was college football. NFL isn't much of a thing. So, you know, it's uh, 
it's a uh, nature over nurture there, I guess. So or nurture over nature. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's nature and nurture, I guess. Anyway, so yeah. wow. Uh, well, I guess it's time to wrap up the interview. Jace, you've been officially ejected from the shit show. You are <laughs> not welcome in my home. Uh, I, I wish that you rub your scrotum against a bunch of fiberglass insulation and itch for the rest of your life. Ooh, that's just... I'm just kidding. Oh my God. I take that back. <laughs> I had to, I had to install insta- uh, insulation this weekend and I, I do not wish that upon uh, you. Fresh on your mind. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> That said, you weren't wearing shorts. No, I put on one of those, uh, like Walter White style full body suits Uh, and then put a face mask on. And dude, those seal you in. I was sweating, it felt like I was marinating myself all day. Oh, yeah, not fun. I've been no, uh, all right. I got a follow up for you based on liking college football since we're not really gonna kick you out or end it, right? Uh, because I'm a weenie. Paying college athletes over under push. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, it's a really good one. Uh, so I think it's, hmm, that's a complicated question. I'm going to say push because I can see arguments for both sides, but it depends on what they're getting paid for because you know, I, I honestly can't feel that bad that a lot of them are on full ride scholarships to the best colleges in the nation. And whether or not they have assistants taking tests for them, that's their fault. You know, like even if they don't make it to the NFL, they got their education for free. And as a person currently suffering from having to pay student loans, I can't feel that bad. But I also get the argument on the other side as well, because, you know, they are putting their bodies on the line. You know, there can be long term damage from doing it. And you know, so I'm going to say push just to be neutral. That's fair. That's fair. I, uh, I don't watch college football. So this, both of those questions were just like out of left field to me. I could have just asked you a question and cling on, but, uh, I do feel like there is something to be said about how much money colleges make off of some of their athletes. And I think maybe that's the trade-off. Maybe it's not that they need to get paid like a professional, but that maybe the schools don't get to profit off of printing a picture of them on a t-shirt. I agree. Yes, for sure. You know, know. maybe like it would be, it could be like some type of small amount of, uh, uh, royalties from Jersey sales or something like that. You know, I mean, that could be fair. Can you imagine how much better the keggers would be at Greek life if they got a little bit of that money? True. Well, you know, (laughs) That would get crazy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that there's a simple answer for that one. But, you know, you you speaking of simple answers and uh, long-term effects, as you said, to playing any sort of sport here, uh, being a fantasy football champion over under push. Um, you know, I'm going to go over because I heard Austin's answer. And, I mean... Being a champion is amazing. Being able to rub it into the faces of all of your league mates is wonderful. And, you know, um, I will agree with the the stress of trying to live up to that the following year, uh, especially with the amazing down year that I'm having right now after winning last year. Uh, kind of deflated my uh, balloon there. But, um, 
you know, it's that's why we play. I mean, we play to have fun, but you also play to win. You know, like uh, I'm a competitive person and I like to win. So I'm going to go over. OK, I, I you know, and that's fair, especially, you know, we put as a league a little bit of money in. We have a for the top three positions, it splits two hundred and fifty dollars and uh, nobody says no to money. So I uh, I tend to agree with you. Being a champion is pretty nice. Speaking as only one of three people in our league who can claim that, probably mm-hmm. not this year though. But uh, you know, uh, all right. Well, just to slap you back down after rising you up with that one, being bad at fantasy over under push. <laughs> uh, definitely gonna go under there because I <laughs> would heavily disagree that I'm bad at fantasy. I don't think a person that's bad could win unless you just have the most incredible luck in the world, which I promise you I do not. Um, so yeah, uh, if you're, if you're actually bad at fantasy, I feel sorry for you. And he, he's saying that directly to you, Christian. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was good. Oh, sorry. Uh, (laughs) all right. Doing interviews over under push. I say over, I don't know. I kind of like being asked questions, you know, it's, it's cool, you know, just getting a chance to, to, uh, say what you have to say and rag on Austin being Ozzy or Christian's retarded luck when it comes to fantasy, because <laughs> Lord knows he's not making intelligent decisions. It's just dumb luck. Um, so, you know, it's yeah, all good. Yeah. You know, credit where it's due to Christian. He didn't draft Aaron Rodgers in the third round this year. True, true. <laughs> I I love that he set the bar that low for us over the last couple of seasons, though, that that's like, good job. <laughs> I mean, I also give him credit for just rolling with it and naming his team name, the Retarded Crew, even though it's all start out because apparently it's being censored that, which is unfortunate. But, you know, props, props for rolling with it. Hey, you know, you got to you got to wear it when you uh, accidentally shit on yourself. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, all right. This is one I think you'll have you'll have fun with. Uh, the undefeated Patriots. Oh, good lord! Get under, get it out of here. Get get it out of here. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and try to make claims that Tom Brady isn't the best quarterback ever because he is. I mean, it, it's really hard to argue that. But oh man, and it seems like kind of contradictory because as a Alabama fan, I feel like. You know, people look at us the same way that NFL fans look at the Patriots. Um, but I'm just so ready to see someone else in the Super Bowl. So get I, you know, I feel that way, too. Uh, and that's why my next question is the undefeated 49ers over under push. You know, I'm going to go push uh, because I'm kind of indifferent with, for the 49ers. I think they're. You know, after this week, I was kind of doubting them because same as the Patriots, they haven't really played a lot of great teams. They did beat the Rams, which, you know, the Rams are kind of looking much less than what they were last year being in the Super Bowl and whatnot. Um, But, you know, putting a spanking on the uh, Panthers like that, like, I think they might be legit. They definitely got a good defense. You know, Uh, they just need to get Garoppolo more involved because, you know, the run game isn't going to carry into victory every single week. So that's all that's all very fair and uh 
you know, as fun as it is to say undefeated 49ers as a Niner fan, I, I have to sit here and kind of cross my fingers every week. So I'm like, is this is this the week that the magic rubs off? Is this the week where we suddenly look as bad as we probably are? It's after how bad we were last year. It This feels like a farce. Right. Yeah. And I also just want to give a, a, a nod of recognition to Kyle Shanahan because he's a hell of a coach. Y'all knocked it out of the park by getting him for sure. You know, I, uh, I'm i just glad that he got to reunite with Tevin Coleman, uh, mostly because Tevin Coleman's on my team, on my yeah. fantasy team. Finally showed <laughs> up. I mean, I guess he's had a couple of good games so far, but that was just, that's awesome. Four touchdowns. Wow. <laughs> Bonkers. So. Uh, well, well, we'll wrap up over under push now with uh, perhaps the, the most self-aggrandizing and potentially, you know, um, Fishing for compliments, heavy question here, but the podcast Helmet to Helmet, over, uh, under, push. I mean, over, all the way up, you know, definitely underrated. If you're not listening to Helmet Helmet, you should be, you know, it's going to be the next big thing. Just wait. You know, I... And you do an amazing job, Connor. You do an you amazing know, I... job. I know you've been struggling with whether or not you're appreciated. Just know from the bottom of my cold, lifeless heart that I appreciate you. Well, you know, uh, I appreciate that. It's it's great to hear from a two and six team that you would rank at my podcast at a five and one. That's oh, I don't know. That was a stretch. Anyway, I I do appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it. Of it's. It's a big bad world out there for podcasts, and we appreciate everyone who has been listening into this one and this interview, of course, with Jace. I uh, I will check back in before we decide to say goodbye. Have you had a chance to look? Would you like to make a trade, sir? Mm, we're we're gonna have to to sidebar that because I'm looking. You know, I just it 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 will take more conversation. I think that time will allow right now. Hey, that's totally fine. I, uh, I'm i just glad that everyone on the podcast has now been able to hear how you actually approach a trade conversation, and it's with mutual interest in benefiting one another and not offering a really shitty trade of Carlos Hyde for Joe Mixon, Austin. That's not how you do it. <laughs> Uh, I think he was also indirectly accusing me of like looking at messages and not responding right away as well. <laughs> Gonna call him out for that. But you know, I'm at work. I like I don't want to just haphazardly send a response without fully thinking about it, you know? And as well, just to also defend myself, I did say I will look at it and get back to him. And then he would message me and say, like, have you looked at it yet? And I'm like, you know, a little impatient. You know. That's it's a fair critique. You know, uh, I'm I'm fortunate in that I can be on my phone all day. I work in social media. But you know what? For anybody who doesn't, what do you expect? You're not going to get an answer in three and a half minutes. Right. <laughs> oh, mm -hmm. well, Jace, it has been great to have you. And uh, even if your season isn't going quite as well as you might have hoped, we appreciate that you've been an excellent and not whiny punching bag for all of these bad jokes. <laughs> yeah, I doesn't offend me at all. I I hope 
Alabama rolls a tide or whatever it is that they do down there for college football. So you at least have something worth cheering for. And <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you again for coming onto the podcast. It's always a pleasure. Oh, I have, I have to ask you if you have any last shout outs to make any last trade suggestions that you want the whole podcast to hear. Uh, now's your chance. Um, you know, I, it wouldn't be me if I wasn't talking shit, but I have to talk shit to Daniel for playing Alvin Kamara this week when he was clearly not active. So <laughs> shame on you. Shame on you. You probably, I don't know who's on your bench. Um, well, maybe not. I guess you would have got 5.5 points out of Breda, but still, you know, just missed opportunity. Shame. Yeah. You know, uh, that's, that is a great use of your final uh, shout out there in your interview. I appreciate that. I also did actually appreciate Alvin Kamara not being played. Uh, so a little bit of both worlds. Anywho, uh, Jace, thank you again. And uh, hope your season starts to go a bit better here. <laughs> appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Right. Thank you again, Jace, for taking the time on a Monday night as your team was marching slowly towards losing by only a couple of points. Uh, I would say that was stressful, but I'm pretty sure I hear you take a couple bong hits or something in that one, or maybe it was a hookah. I don't judge. I am living in Seattle, which is weed legal. It's like the Amsterdam of the United States, or like, what's the little brother to Amsterdam? Because I think Colorado's Amsterdam. Doesn't matter. Point is, you do you. You do what you need to do to, to relax when your team's going to lose badly. Um, but I'm, I'm going to say right now that our interviews have had a, a bit of a theme to them. We've had only champions and former champions on our, on our pod. So we're going to have to change that next week. I think uh, unless I completely fuck it up, we're going to have Michael Weatherhead a second year fantasy player in our league he's going to be on talking about all the things in his life that he's willing to talk to us about because for some reason there are things he won't talk about which is fine you do you but also mysterious as fuck uh so hey if you need a dead body removed apparently you just talked to michael or something and now that i've said that i think michael you're just going to have to give us more details otherwise we're just going to assume that you take it up the butt on the weekends and uh and that's why you don't talk about it you know you dispose of dead bodies and then also take it up the butt so uh real cheap real cheap too uh for both of those tasks so now that i've now that i've buried the lead there on that for you michael please share what's new in your life literally anything anything at all but that's next week we, uh, we, of course, have a little bit of the commissioner's list going on this week. Well, I think it's hard because you want to make sure you have all the information. Well. And uh, I wanted to cover a brief, a brief thing here. Uh, Jace actually reminded me of this a little bit simply because of the way that he is and, and how annoying some of us find him. And that's because he can, he can really be one of those dickheads who just doesn't stop with the taunts and with the, the jokes and uh i think a lot of people are very quick to get offended by things so this week i'm gonna kind of gonna try and help find the line between jokes and attacks that nobody really wants to listen to so 
uh, jokes or being playful or, or banter, right? Uh, great example is our first year. We had a wonderful young man who may or may not be a listener. Don't really know. I doubt it. You never know. Prove me wrong. But his name was uh, W.T. William Thomas. Goes by W.T. though. He's probably not going to like that I said that. But he probably doesn't listen anyway. So ha ha. W.T. Great guy. Not a particularly adept fantasy player that year. I'll put an asterisk on that because he didn't play any subsequent years. But he... uh, he was not doing hot. And I mentioned in a previous episode that I did this whole, like, everybody make a video and in, uh, and submit it in the style of the cable Tony Romo commercial, right? Um, cable versus, what was it, DirecTV or satellite. So I even made a joke about WT's team in that. And I think... WT came away from that season with uh, understanding or a feeling like it was just a little too spiteful. That whole the whole experience, not necessarily just me saying something or or Jay saying something, but just the whole experience too negative and too spiteful. And that's a fair that's a fair thing to to feel that way. Um, it's been long enough now that I actually cannot remember if during the course of that season he brought it up of like, Hey, you know, I don't really appreciate that. I don't get a lot of fun or giggles out of that as bad as I know my team is. I don't, I don't remember if conversations like that happened, but what I'm going to say now, independent of, of my memories of that is a joke becomes more of an attack or, you know, goes too far. Let's just say when the person who's on the receiving end pipes up and says, Hey, I'm not really into this anymore. Like, I'm not really into that that joke, or I don't think that that's that funny. And I'm not going to sit here and say the impetus is on the person who is not enjoying it. But I will say that without sharing that impetus, you more or less have nothing to go on. Um, that That's not to sit here and, and retroactively say that WT never said anything and how dare he just leave the league. Uh... I, like I said, I can't remember, and that's not what I'm sitting here to talk about today anyway. Um, but just for all the leagues out there that might struggle with this a little bit, encourage people to talk, encourage people to speak up, encourage people to, to like let it go, too. Um, I know that a lot, of, a lot of that year I spent telling WT, hey, relax, it's just fantasy, it doesn't matter. Um, but I don't think that was the issue for him. It was just like the spirit in which a lot of the, the taunts were happening. So if somebody's not enjoying themselves, it really is on the commissioner to sort of make sure that both sides are articulating how they feel. Um, and realistically, it it matters that people enjoy. It matters that people think of it as what it really is. Is, is it really a joke? Because if it's not being received as that, stop it or alter it or just clear the air. Like have those people have a sidebar and say like, Hey, it's just a joke. If you don't like it, I'll stop it. I'll change the way I say it. Maybe you don't like a specific term. Uh, for a couple of years, maybe it was only last year, year before we had a gentleman, uh, who had a younger brother who had, um, several mental deficiencies. Um, and we had had a long running joke about 
as we've said several times this year, Christian's team having retard luck. Uh, retard's a term that really has fallen out of fashion in general. We keep it around mostly because it's just kind of a fun word. It's it's or a funny word. I don't I don't mean to say fun as in at the expense of anyone, but just like somebody who's very clearly not at lowered mental capacity is it's kind of an interesting insult to sling am i justifying it a little bit probably is it still a nasty word definitely but for that year all of us understood uh based upon the knowledge of you know this player's family that that's not a term that we should be throwing around lightly if at all and not just for him but if anybody else had come forward and said that they had an issue with it too then we would we would have stopped it um because that's the point like why do you want to isolate any one person no no do you want to make them feel really shitty for how bad they are totally oh my god that's the point that is the literal point of playing us a, uh, a non-sport that is basically just picking players who play the actual sport you have nothing of your own skill to think and people who want to say otherwise about picking your players and making a great roster like there is strategy but you yourself don't need a 40 inch bicep and a laser focus downfield to make this like you have nothing to brag about you read a couple articles you picked a good player so my point is more in the sense of this is all bullshit anyway so you might as well sort of relax, have fun, but also don't just make it miserable for other people. Find the line. But the, I made this way longer than I actually intended to be. To me, it's, it's a joke until somebody speaks up and says it's not. And what you choose to do after that determines, are you an accommodating but funny person? Or are you just a piece of shit who doesn't know when to stop? Now, fortunately, our league has never had that. We've never had somebody who just never knew when to stop. Because at the very least, the rest of the league helped drown out anything that felt too personal. Uh, or the player who was involved, who thought that it was too much and thought that it was them. Fortunately, not the rest of us who were uh, not a fit. They just step away. And that comes down to everybody being a little bit aware of what they need and what they want to do. So... At least in our league, there is no point to making someone literally not enjoy the process of playing and losing their money to us. Because you want them to come back and continue to lose their money to you, right? So, anyway, <coughs> that just got a little long on the tooth. Uh, sorry for anybody out there who prefers to make people whine and cry and not enjoy themselves. But that's not the way that we like to do it. Or at least that's not the team and league that I like to put together because I I like having fun. And I like knowing that other people have fun because that's part of the fun for me. Hence why I suffer through... <laughs> suffer through. That's why I go through the effort of putting together a podcast, a weekly podcast for a group of 10 guys and mom, my mom, who just listen to me talk shit so under the off chance that anybody out there anybody out in the universe is listening to this who isn't in my league and needed to hear that i hope that helps 
Otherwise, we, uh, well, we have a hell of a couple weeks coming up. I'm excited for Thursday Night Football. I think 49ers are going to feast on a sort of weak Cardinals team. But otherwise, there's not, there's not a whole lot holding the 49ers back in the next few weeks. So, 49ers uh, Patriots Super Bowl? Question mark? Have a good week, you guys. I'm gonna win Yes, I'm gonna win I'll light the fuse And I'll never lose And I choose to survive